0: the 17th episode of the national institute for gamer review i am dk
1: i am lewis and to do this podcast i have formed a temporary coalition with dk i will then betray him after the podcast ends this is win.
0: diplomacy not oh, sorry that's uh, that's the wrong board game that's, uh, uh, <laughs> no, that's uh, risk. That, oh that's risk believe me that's risk <laughs> a lot of that in risk that's true that's true <laughs> yeah so today today we are um we are talking uh, some board games. Um, and, uh, you know, I know we, we, we call ourselves the National Institute of Gamer Review. We didn't necessarily specify that uh, it would only exclusively be electronic entertainment. Um, that said, um, I think pretty much everything we intend to discuss today has some type of um, computer adaptation, with one notable exception that we'll be talking about in a little bit. But yeah, um, we were kicking around ideas for, for what we wanted to do next. And, and thought that it would be a good idea to go into some of the, um, the board game side of things. And I think, you know, it, it, a, lar- a large part of what I think we're doing and, and, and sort of the way we're approaching analyzing our topics and, you know, gamer culture or, or, or the games people play and that we find enjoyable and what we find enjoyable about them is um, I think one, one of the most interesting and important um, ways to analyze these things are, are sort of what. The mechanics are doing, like the story that the mechanics themselves are telling, the, 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 the way that you play the game, the thing, the, the, you know, because when you're designing a game, um, you know, you make choices. There's always sorts of um, things that uh, the choices that the designer has to make, is the sort of particular slice of the pie that they're choosing as far as, you know, what to model and what to not and how to model it. Um, and, uh, and and nowhere I think is that more the case than with war games. Um, uh, there's a there's a really great book. I'll maybe drop a link in the note on, on called "Simulating War" by Philip Saban, um, who basically does this professionally. He's like a he's a you know I think a, an academician of some sort. who's written on this topic, and yeah, he goes into some you know great detail of like sort of what these kinds of choices that that, that we can make. Um, and you know you, when you're talking about uh, representing a conflict. In a, in a, for lack of a better word, a game, right? Or some kind of, you know, yeah, board game or, or, or a war game or a computer game. A Kriegspiel, um, if you will. A Kriegspiel, if you will, yes. Uh, then, you know, it, it's a question, like the, the, the number one question, I guess, the first thing you got to ask yourself is scale. And you can, you can have, you know, scale all the way from individual or, or small unit tactics all the way up to world war, which is what... Um, these two particular titles that we're mainly going to be focused on today, uh, Risk and Axis and Allies, um, are in some sense modeling is, is you know, World War. Like, in some, like, Risk, it's interesting because, um, so the, the original title for Risk, I learned uh, as part of doing the prep for this uh, episode uh, was um, was uh, the Conquest of the World. The Conquest of the World is translation, La Conquête du Monde in in france um it was uh originally released in 1957 designed by a film director um albert lamoris and um it's very explicitly a game of global conquest um interestingly uh which i, I always, you know it's one of these things that you you sort of um it becomes more salient in hindsight but uh I guess it was—it sort of tickled the back of my mind, you know, when young DK was 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 first playing Axis and Allies, and and he had the good fortune to to um, to sit in our uncle's comfy chair uh, as Germany, and and realize that um, you know the goal of the game, in in mechanical terms, in mechanical terms, is not to conquer the whole world. The goal of the game, I mean, you know, you got to conquer a certain number of capitals, and basically as Germany, you win the game if you hold uh, your own capitals that you start the game with and Moscow and London, essentially is like the easiest way um, to win. Uh, and not only that, you know, as, as you, so if you play more rounds and get more familiar with the game, um, it's it's actually quite um like you you know this is true of any war game or any any situ- i mean just a real life i mean the war war games are here modeling just reality where in a world in a universe of, of limited resources you can't be everywhere at once i mean it's like art of war son Tzu shit right like you, you, he who tries to be strong everywhere will be strong nowhere um so it, it's really like you you particularly as germany i think and more so than the other players um i guess maybe with a quasi-exception of russia it's really that east front that kind of dominates um for, for those two uh, you have to be hyper focused you cannot be everywhere um, you need some some amount of good luck but you 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 can't bother with kind of distractions like i'm just gonna take over the whole planet it, it just it just doesn't work that way right um which is interesting i think it really speaks to um there's a lot of interesting design decisions and Axis and allies i think a lot of things that it gets right that also make it fun to play um and that sort of if you you know i guess especially coming at it from from our perspective now um in you know in current year 2021 and and sort of you know having the sort of advantages that we have now going having been through the red pill process and and reevaluating all that history um like it's it's exactly the kind of thing it's like oh okay well Shit, yeah. I guess this sort of is you know th- this this narrative that we're fed, like oh Hitler was just this insane lunatic who wanted to conquer the whole world. It's like, no, he was playing Axis and Allies. He wasn't playing Risk.
1: Yeah, and also uh, I think we we also I think we're definitely gonna have to bring up uh, Settlers of Catan because Risk obviously inspires Axis and Allies massively. Yes, but Risk also inspired Catan, and they both took like the opposite. Lessons or the opposite ideas, and kind of went with them. Uh, one also good thing about these games is that uh, the, you kind of, like, if you watch someone play who's not familiar with the mechanics or the history, they will make like kind of the same mistakes. Like risk, like a, a new risk player will kind of classically like fortify his interior over much and not expand fast enough and get wrecked. A uh, new Axial player will, will not will not be aggressive enough at all, and kind of turtle up and defend their color on the map only, and get wrecked. Um, but with, once you have a little bit of familiarity with the games, you kind of understand these kind of uh, meta principles or whatever I don't know how you call it, or just like you you understand that something. When you once you get the game past just understanding the rules, and you can kind of get into that kind of higher. Uh, it's called like the, like the because like, they're not exploits, but there's like a way the game's kind of meant to meant to be played that isn't advertised to you, right? And you well, really have to discover well, it the, and once the, the, you do yeah. get it, it. It it really the experience really deepens and becomes a lot more like both meaningful and fun.
0: Yes, and 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 on that note, I think the 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 particular mechanic you're highlighting um, is a is a feature of, of what you could call third generation war, which I think both of these are, so I guess maybe second generation, depending on your definitions for, for risk to some, it's kind of quasi-colonial to Napoleonic-ish, so it's not really, it's not really, it, it's, it's kind of vague, um, deliberately so. But um, the, uh, the idea is that the more territory you control, like that, that translates more or less directly both into manpower and into materiel, um, which is, which is like, mostly true in that kind of second or third generation warfare co- context. Definitely it was a huge part. I mean, you know, it's not, you know, the, the, the German manpower was ultimately limited, and ultimately, you know, that was a huge factor in, in their eventual loss. But strategically, one of the main goals of, the Eastern Front campaign and and of the sort of war goals generally, and even like prior to the war, the kind of you know, policy of of the Third Reich was to obtain um, you know petroleum sources. This was huge, and, and the Baku region in the Black Sea was just like that was one of the maybe even in a sense the primary objective um, you know with taking Moscow, which was in, all but. Guaranteed if they had you know the the oil pipelines and everything established set up, but but it was it was the control of the territory, control of the industrial capacity, and and Stalin knew it too, right? Of course, which is why he would you know they they moved entire factories and and burned to the ground everything they couldn't move um, away from the advancing German army, so. This idea, I think, in lurking in the background or informing this mechanic, which is you know the reason why you want to expand and, and push on your borders, is because in both games, um, uh, in in Risk, I think every territory, I, no, the different territories do have slightly different values, but it's all pretty like, um, I think it's like what one to three or something, and and it's just kind of very, the only ones are like like Siberia and shit. Um, or am I even making, is even make it it just a straight up count? I don't even remember. No, everything, like, is, everything, everything is, is everything is, is the same.
1: It's a straight it's a straight count. It's a straight yeah. count the in, numbers in this, are for right. the there are numbers on the but there are numbers of like which
0: Yeah, what like, starts there's like 1
1: through It's like chess. It's yeah. like a chessboard thing. It's like 1 through 8 in North America is a certain territory. It's like a kind of a it, it's every territory is 1.
0: Every territory and is 1 true. for the value, and you just count up the number of territories you have divide by 3 that's your that's your replenished manpower for your army. Uh, that's right, and then but then Axis and Allies, it's it, that's right. That's where it's slightly different, where like you know industrial heartlands are worth more in terms of production capacity than Siberia or whatever, um, and you still get some value for the land, but it's not as valuable. And and that's where you and and there's also a direct there's a, there's an in-game economy in Axis and Allies, um, which I think in in earlier editions that I'm more familiar with, I think was kind of pleasingly somewhat abstracted in that um you know you you was it was just sort of you, you had a like very few things you could spend money on mostly you were spending it on you know <laughs> units to to wage war with uh and that was kind of it i think i think in in subsequent editions they expanded that somewhat i think to kind of mixed at best results we can get into maybe some of that autism yeah. in a little bit
1: i also like that the they have a really interesting what they call it they're called Industrial production certificates. That's what I mean. That's the the mo- yeah, exactly. It's industrial- not money. It's not dollars. Yeah. It's IPCs. But, yeah, yeah, and they represent a million man hours of labor per one. Yeah, which is a which is yeah. I mean, at that and it like I'm sure yeah you can make but that sounds about right for what you know how sure. many million man hours to make a battleship versus an infantry division versus a you know this and that.
0: Yeah. Um. Exactly. Um. Yeah, no, I, I always liked. Uh, I mean, risk. I think uh, it's it's. Um, I I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to be too hard on it. In in some ways, I, I'm like I'm not a historian of this stuff, and and you know, maybe kind of somewhat outside the scope of the um, of the show to to go too far in it. I, I I do think it was it was it was definitely revolutionary, and I don't know that there were really any direct precursors. It kind of invented the genre, at least of like kind of grand strategy scale board games. And you can obviously draw a direct line from like the risk, you know, global conquest, grand strategy, even just the game board, which is like the whole world in that kind of a way to things like, you know, Europa, Europa Universalis and Hearts of Iron. I mean, the paradox model is, is I think very obviously influenced very heavily by, by risk. That said, you know, it's, it's extremely, but why don't we, why don't we break down risk a little bit um, and and talk about Yeah. You wanna? Uh,
1: so r- risk is very simple. Uh, it is there. There the combat system is purely based on having uh, more troops than the other guy have has, and then every and you fight a battle where the attacker has a somewhat somewhat of advantage. Uh, well, the advantage is that the attacker can roll three dice, and the defender can roll two. But the attacker so loses a, loses a tie, so it's actually it's actually. It's simple, but it's fairly sophisticated on how there's a slight there's and there's those variations of rules we can play where there's attacker advantage or defender advantage, but uh, it's just very very simple. Every um, you in the beginning you kind of just go in a line. Everybody picks a territory. Everybody starts with the, everybody starts with the exact same stuff. Uh, you the, the territories you start with are the ones you pick uh, in a kind of a, in a you know a clockwise draft. The there's not like there's no rules about you know alliances like you can there's coalitions and alliances you can, oh you can you know do things like oh I'm not gonna attack this that, that player or whatever and you can talk that out there's that thing that stuff's not governed by the rules um, there's no kind of one thing that's kind of very notable f- I, that I that you, we wouldn't find that like the French uh, you think a French uh, game maker maker would find very like uh is very important to him because it's such part of French culture. But kind of explicitly, there's no kind of homeland, and in fact, one of the cool things you realize if you play Risk is that if you get like, you can be totally pushed out of like your whatever the kind of area you start in, zone, yeah, and 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 have a to- and then pick up with a dip, push into a weaker a weaker area, and make that your new kind of base operations. Uh, there's so yeah, it, and also I mean on very, that note, I know
0: like I think Australia and Argentina are among the most desirable um, places to to start from precisely because it's kind of a, an imp- like that's, that would be the last line of defense anyway. And, and, and it's some, it's a hard terminus. And inter- if you look at the game map, not as like a, you know, like the world map, but as a kind of interconnected series of nodes, like on a yeah. mathematical grid or something, um, those are kind of ter- endpoints of that grid. And, and so there's nowhere for you to back up to, which can be, you know, th- then if you lose, that's it, but it's more commonly because, uh, I think mechanically, the way it ends up working out mathematically is, um, large numbers of roughly equal troops will tend to favor the attacker, but small numbers of roughly equal troops will tend to tend to favor the defender, um, and and so that and that's something to keep in mind, like as the game goes on. But yeah, no, it's definitely it, it was, I, I remember the other the other like big picture thing. I mean, just to that, that always going back to the very first time I played, I was kind of like, this is dumb. <laughs> I wanted some more kind of tactical depth was because um, they have, you know, like miniatures, different miniatures of like, you know, an army guy.
1: Yeah, It's a bit of a rug pull, isn't it?
0: Yeah, there's there's an army guy, a, real, a horse, and a, it's a real what?
1: It's a real rug pull. As a child, you you have the cannons and the cavalrymen. Yes. And you're like, oh, am I going to set these guys up and do this? and you're And they're just... Numbers.
0: You're all ready for like a a rock, paper, scissors of like, you know, like, like, like in, uh, like, basically like in Total War, right? Where, you know, infantry, uh, cavalry beat infantry uh, or cavalry beat artillery and artillery beat infantry and infantry beat cavalry kind of, you know, dynamic thing going on. No, it's literally just like one dude, five dudes, ten dudes. It's just a count. It's just like, it's like, you know, like different denominations of dollar bills. Yeah.
1: And the reason for that is the earliest editions of Risk didn't have miniatures. It was little wooden, like, Mm -hmm. I think it was like, I don't. I. I don't probably recall it incorrectly, but one was like triangle, square, and something else, Mm -hmm. and that was the one, two, three, four, five. Sure. So there just there were no miniatures in the original. The miniatures are kind of a came came much later.
0: I bet. Yeah, Um, that makes sense. Um. But yeah, as a kid, it was like I want. I wanted to. I thought there would be like you know. Yeah. No. None of that. Um. And that's unfortunate. And I think it it definitely detracts. I mean, it's an interesting kind of question. I, I. Again, I don't want to be too hard on Risk because, I mean, it did set the tone in a lot of ways and, and, and sort of, um, you know, it has, it's it's of historical interest. And, and it, I have had fun on occasion playing Risk. But it's also one of those things, I think, that it just drags out. Like Monopoly, um, although I, I understand that the people play Monopoly incorrectly. There's something with, like, a different rule. There's a rule that people often don't oh, yeah. use. What is it? Where if you land on an empty space, somebody has to buy it, and, and that tends to speed the game up. No, uh, with the
1: rule... the the, the, this, one of the big speed rule of Monopoly is that whenever you owe money to the bank uh, for like a, a chance card or some kind of random event most players mistakenly put the money in the center and the person who lands on free parking gets it and injects too much money into the game
0: uh.
1: Um. so money should well, money is, so there's mechanics in Monopoly where, where like we pull chance cards that's supposed to destroy that money that money goes back in the bank. It's
0: that's that's the MMT. Co- where, the that's the, that's the MMT fire sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So you're supposed to, add, uh, for, and then so you add too much. Li- and seriously, you add a, you add in too much liquidity, yeah. and no one, and then you're just ha- handing money around in a circle. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, So uh. Risk. I I actually was gonna I actually I'm going to disagree with you. I think of these three games, uh, if we're gonna call Catan, Axe and Allies, and Risk, I've had the most fun playing Risk.
0: Really? Okay. Um
1: I think so I think and I know you I I know you're an Allies guy for sure. I think Accident Allies is the requires very heavy investment from all parties. Yes. In terms of
0: That's definitely true. And then caring, somebody gets bored and then the rules. Yes.
1: And then set up and tear down time. Yes. And and also Allies kind of in my experience is kind of in five to ten rounds is almost always over.
0: No, that's true. That's uh, well that's also by design. Sure. I mean, we could get into that maybe but but oh, no, for de- sure. For, it's yeah. like well, for, it's expl- I think it's even in the rule book. It's like each turn is basically 6 months and the game starts in 1942. So, yeah, typically it's like, yeah. you know, 1945 would be like turn 6 or turn 7 or something. You know, so it's like yeah, kind, kind sure. of expect you know you're expecting to be over by 5. Yeah. But that also limits the game strategic po- I, I remember one of my uh, it was a fun game, but I was playing with someone who had never played before, who was playing as the USA, and they wanted to do like island hopping, which like the game mechanically allows for. There are islands in the Pacific with you know territory values that the American player that are owned by Japan, that the American player can get land on. But <laughs> you just spent a year of game time, like you know, loading up your troops, unloading them on the Solomon Islands or whatever it is, and you know, and, and those are troops that are not doing something else more useful elsewhere uh, not to mention like you really yeah. don't want to be also, as, would, I, just as, to finish as the American player I in Analyze, realize, like, you don't want to be uh, you, do, you don't want to be sending troops and transports across the Pacific it's just you want to be having carriers and planes and, and and doing it that way like it's, it's, it's kind of like so yeah the mechanics don't really work in the, in the global yeah. in the original edition th- the mechanics don't really work uh, that way sorry what, what were you going to say yeah
1: yeah this is one, of the, one thing i want to up is that a also you so you in in one of the kind of other mechanical issues that they risk really really avoids by having no teams is that the japanese player and the american player kind of have no fun in accent and allies often if you if you're having like i the naval mechanics are kind of very bad and, uh, I mean they're almost non-existent and yeah, it's like really the, the yeah world. it's
0: yeah yeah it, 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 yeah, it just but doesn't yeah, work very I, well it, for I, th- I think conflict.
1: Risky is a better board game I can understand why people especially our thing love Axe and Allies because it's like a it, not to, I, I was gonna make, I said I wouldn't make the joke I'm gonna make the joke it takes a very high IQ to appreciate Axe and Allies <laughs> and it really does <laughs> um it's quite yeah subtle. no lie the detected. Is, yeah
0: yeah. You know, yeah 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 it'll go easily over the normie's head you know well there's a lot of stuff I I going on you know like it's just it, like physically there's a lot as you say with set up and territory. like set up is like it's not just a matter of putting the right units in the right number Like you got this number of infantry divisions this number of armor divisions this number of you know fighter divisions this number of bomber divisions and and like they all have to go in the right territories but you also have to keep in keep track of like you know there's the in-game economy slider, and and there's a lot of stuff going on for sure. It, it, it's not it's not like you know, okay, here's a bunch of army dudes, like have at it.
1: Yeah, um, so but we kind of I think we just kind of risk risk, and I think everybody one thing that everybody I think everybody's played risk once or twice at least, whereas X is, is very very much a much more niche experience. Uh, I remember as a young child fun, this is a thing that might I don't know if you're aware of this I was at the uh, I was visiting the World War II Museum uh, in the south and in the gift shop for the National World War II Museum they have not just not like full expansion packs to add on your game but individual like units like certain fighter jets or certain boats that you could like with rules in these little blister packs that you could like slide into your game
0: yeah i saw i don't i don't know all of this so there's there's was but one of the interesting things to me is like and i guess this kind of speaks to this this broad division that we're talking about is is both risk and and axis and allies now are like intellectual properties they're like brands um risk is basically a monopoly type brand where you have all these different branded versions of Risk. I think some of them have slightly different rules or slightly more advanced rules.
1: Oh, oh, there are there, are, like, I'm, we're not going to bring back, it's too much to cover this episode, but there is, like, I think Risk Blitz and, like, Risk Advanced Wars or Advanced something yeah. that are, like, massively different games that are really fun, but just almost divorced from risk i haven't played War. i know
0: there's like also but there's also just like it's like you know like whatever like uh kardashians monopoly you know there's like whatever risk but okay Pride middle risk. earth or something and it's just like maybe a slightly oh, yeah. different map but it's the exact same rules and basically the exact same game um but but uh access and allies has a bunch of di- you know it, it it has a bunch of different like um I think some of the first expansions that, or not even expansions, like kind of different games with the same-ish rules, were um, the Europe setting and the Pacific setting. And and I played a bunch of the Europe setting. I actually thought, I think that that works really well. And that's where like, because there's there's some naval combat, but it's primarily like there's you know there the the, the Shipping lanes are kind of abstracted as like if a U-boat uncontestedly moves under the shipping lane and that shipping lane is no longer accessible, and so a, and then an Allied Navy uh, vessel has to like remove the you know reestablish control or you know contest the the U-boat, which is great yeah. that like works really really well. Um, and then other than that, it's basically just you know Western Front uh, yeah. stuff for going sh- on.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think the the West the the or the. Even like the, the smaller maps are definitely better. I think the the global map is kind of overly ambitious for the system and risk. in, in, in Axis and Allies, uh, and one of the kind of ways that real one hundred percent elite gamers play Axis Allies to get the best experience is combine the Pacific board and the uh, Europe board into one game, and there's two U.S. players. There's U.S. West and U.S. East.
0: That makes a lot of sense because yeah. in, in
1: global the U.S. has no motivation to go in the Pacific. And the None. Japanese player just sits on his hands and tries to invade India, and, and it doesn't work. Yeah, and nothing happens. <laughs> he or, or he gets nothing, or he does it and he gets nothing for it. You know. So when you do U.S. East and you like, there's a there's more going on there that everyone has a little more input, and then there's like there are mechanics. I think that's a ho- there's like homebrew mechanics for. Moving, like, if the Japanese are winning, they can, it, it pumps up the Germans in certain ways and all kind of stuff like that, and vice versa.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, and, and, uh, I know, I, so I was looking a little bit on the, on the Axis Allies website. I saw, or like, a, a thing. I, I, so I noticed there was this miniatures that you mentioned, um, which I had heard about. I don't know. I don't even know how that works. I, like, I guess. I guess if it's, if it's miniatures, and it's more or less like any other miniatures game. I mean, that's kind of almost a whole other topic, and that we, we sort of uh, have alluded to it several times. Um, I guess the, really the first modern war game was a miniatures game where you could call a miniatures game, which was Kriegspiel, uh, invented by, or I don't know, I guess popularized by, by the famous um, General von Clausewitz, uh, and, uh, and who gave it out to all his Prussian commanders to, to play and sharpen their tactical skills with. Um, and and the, I guess the difference between one of the main differences between miniatures and typical you know non-miniature board games is is that with with um, miniatures you're essentially you're using mm, terrain either on maps or you know people like forty k nerds get like oh my god here we go but yes you can make your own very nice very elaborate very well detailed and, and painted and so on. Um, you know, like 3D structures and stuff to, to move around in, and you're typically using a ruler to um, to uh, move your units around in, in this terrain in a more or less kind of free-form way, as opposed to board games, um, particularly like like Risk and uh, Axis and Allies, where you have essentially movement rules that depend on um, quantized uh, like. As I said, we're talking about nodes on a map, right? Where you are you're you're dividing the territory into a certain number of nodes, and depending on your unit type, you know, in Risk, it's pretty much all oh, there. only one unit type, and they can only ever move. Um, you, how many how many spaces can you move on in Risk? I don't remember. Um, so Risk
1: completely. is what one to great thing. The simplicity of Risk is that. Your oh yeah, you, there's no limit. There yeah, like you can move infinite, throughout your own territory
0: you can, infinitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You right. Can attack infinitely.
1: Yes. No. Yeah,
0: as long as. Yeah, you can attack. Well, no, not infin- quite. Yeah. You can yeah. attack
1: as many times as you want and keep attacking, and you can reload, and you can relocate within your own. S- you can relocate one time from one territory to another territory, infinitely within your own territory as long as it's like you know, touching. But so, you get this. There's actually get this effect where, you can't like just you only if you don't have some of the front line, they're really wasting their wasting their time. And you can only re- only have one reinforcement move. So if you have multiple garrisons behind your front line, they're just stuck, um, which I really enjoy. But it, it is kind of a frustrating thing to new players when they kind of realize that they can't do this. But uh, you know, but yeah, risk is very risky is like about infinite move forward movement. Yes, and it's when you you, right. you stop when you want to stop.
0: But you still move. I guess my point. Yes, but you you can only move one territory at a time essentially yes right unless yes. you're reinforcing yes. like when you're moving and when you're advancing yeah. you're still advancing one territory at a time one territory at a time um whereas in um Axis and allies which is much more common and that's sort of like the, the the much more of the mold um i guess that's kind of the i mean it depends on whether that territory is you know occupied by enemies or not and then, um, and, and depends on your unit type, for example, you know, famously, um, or or indicatively, uh, airborne unit, you know, uh, fighter planes and, and bombers can fly over, you know, enemy held territory, uh, unless there's an, a flak, you know, AA gun in that territory, in which case they have to roll to see if they die or not. Um, just another one of those layers of complexity. But, uh, yeah but but the point is that you're only like the 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 territory units on the map are well defined and and it's it's a node structure and you're moving from one node to another node as opposed to like there's just terrain or a map or a topographic map or whatever, and you're like using a ruler to say, okay, this unit under these conditions can move this within this radius of this you know like, like of the ruler which represents however many um kilometers or meters or whatever it is um, that it, it at scale I guess the at a certain level the question is like one of scale uh, is another way of thinking about it so um, or like are you trying to preserve scale in other words or are you meaning a little are you abstracting um, the the relative ratio of the scale to some extent or to a greater extent uh, yeah, I forgot where we were with that, though. Oh, yeah, right, so there's, there's all these different... So, so yeah, Risk has, I guess, all these other different branded things. Although I haven't played... So so how... What... Can you... can you Why don't you say a little bit? Like, so I haven't played any of those more advanced um, Risk rule sets. Like, what... Do they have different unit types and stuff, or, or how different are they?
1: Uh, some of them do. Some of them have, like, uh, from our company with Advanced, it was, like, larger units can move more, or, like, there's... It's, the movement's more complicated uh, it, I mean it's effectively a different game in a lot of ways it's just the map is the same um there's like bases there's like uh one of the big differences there's like bases you can put down that give you certain bonuses or production I feel like more production to make more units uh, it, it makes the it, it makes the, a little more like you have a more defined homeland kind of you know heartland kind of thing where risk obviously you don't uh there, I would say that the advanced risks are risk inspired, but they're not. They are a very different thing. Uh, some of them, there's you you can see the roots. Like they're trying to improve maybe improve risk, but they they don't ha- like they don't, they don't hold it sacred. They don't have like you know there's no, well risk does this system this way therefore this has to stay the same. Uh, they they're very very innovative. Uh, they're definitely trying to do all kind of new stuff. I wouldn't say they're effectively different, like, very different games. It's just the name is the same. It's, like... It's, uh... Actually, you compare it to, like... like uh... What's it good, like... It... It takes place in, like, the Risk Cinematic Universe, I guess. If you want to put it that way, like... A hundred... <laughs> so we have like, the Imperial War, and then... Sure. You know, a hundred years later, you're doing, like, Risk... 2021 20, or whatever. Yeah, you know? I remember the... Yeah, uh, it's, whatever, like, it's like that.
0: Near-future thing, yeah.
1: It's... Effectively...
0: Interesting, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, I, no, please. So, do you want to do you want to kind of
1: pivot into the kind of maybe the the political assumptions of risk? Yeah, uh, which definitely. is very interesting. Like, to say, what is risk trying? Because there are, are obviously risk kind of came out in uh, nineteen fifty seven. Obviously, there's a lot going on. There was a certain amount of that was like kind of the that was the height of like decolonization. Uh, it, the game is kind of, I would say, very much inspired by the, the kind of the scramble for Africa kind of thing, but instead of a scramble for Africa, you just they just keep fighting in Africa, <laughs> and but now it's just the whole world instead of just, right. you know yes, uh, it's it's kind of like Im, like imagine if you know imperialism was like a zero, utterly zero sum, right? Uh, it's kind yeah, of and deceit. not only
0: that, but things like the distinction between as we were talking about before, uh, you know, the home territories versus the colonies just don't even. Like, I mean, if you can imagine where, you know, industrial capacity... I don't even know if industry enters into the, the equation so much. But, like, yeah, this idea that, you know, England used to be this thing and then it was taken over by... You know, you could have change hands multiple times and it only ever matters insofar as it's just an interchangeable territory unit producing interchangeable infantry or whatever. Not even infantry, like, combined war power, like... Manpower, industrial, war material stuff to continue. You know, just consume, battle, and get excited for next battle.
1: Yeah, and the yeah, great. Well, I, I think it makes the game fun. I think, but there's like specific. Like, there's kind of a. There, I don't know. I don't know how it is, but in the Anglo sphere, there's kind of like a, a loose assigning of like certain colors to certain countries um kind of historically uh you know obviously you know the russia is kind of russia or the uk is like the reds america tends to be blue and risk doesn't follow that at all i think part of being a french game um but there's kind of like almost i don't say instinct but uh like there there's you're effectively kind of you're in if you're like what is it what are you trying to do you're basically playing as like the European powers, effectively. You're the only, however many players there are, as many are. You're the only countries that effectively matter in this world, even even though you don't wow. have a homeland. Like, assuming if, if there are three players, those are the three great powers in the world, and they're just and they're competing. Which is which I, I think definitely has like a European influence in, well, what are the three major colonial powers, and they're kind of the only game in town. Uh, yeah.
0: No, that that's, kind of that's attitude true. to it. Yes. I think there's a, a, I mentioned, we mentioned at the very start of the show, um, diplomacy has a very similar thing going on as well, where it's like, you know, you have however many, I forget it is. It also depends, but you have, let's say five, um, players representing colors, which like kind of roughly like, you know, France, Prussia, the, I think the Tsar gets three units to start, which is the most out of any England. Um, and like the North Italy, Italy, you know, the Italian States, um, and you know territory like even nominally kind of home territories can kind of can can change hands but it doesn't necessarily affect the balance of power um in that in that kind of a way
1: yeah also I wonder to say how uh mentioned risk uh there's no new zealand <laughs>
0: I just from the that <laughs> kiwi cucks eternally btfo yes
1: yeah also, a uh, risk. Risk both risk and Ac- and Axiom's world are both. Uh, they instead of they, they kind of take a half a medium. They don't do a flat. They don't push a flat Earth narrative or a sphere Earth narrative. They both do a. Uh, they're not sphere cucks. They do a kind of a cylinder Earth narrative, where you can only the, <laughs> the map is like I think it be a cylinder.
0: <laughs> yes, you can go from. Yes, you can go from what is it? Irkutsk to uh to Alaska, but you can't go from the North Pole to yes. the South Pole yeah or like you would rather no you can't uh, go very... uh, yeah north from whatever yeah exactly yes
1: yeah, and there's no mechanics to go from, from like, north Argentina from the to I guess Australia.
0: from from uh, what is it from Norway to Argentina yeah so also
1: so we well, mentioned like obviously uh, so so risk has its like element of like starting position and kind of luck, or it's kind of somewhat luck related to how other players choose, and everybody is equal, all the, these are all kind of pitched as European powers, effectively, or in the great game, they're all equal. I think we know what the other game is that came out of, came out of the Risk Influence is with Settlers of Catan, which is a, I guess you can call it like, it's, 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 a, it's a game in its own right, and I find it enjoyable. But it, it, it's like, it, instead of, it poses you all as like civilizations on territory. And it has like a very kind of shitlib narrative about. It's a
0: shitlib rebuke of. And I think explicitly, as I, as I recall, the designer was very explicit about like the idea that, um, I mean, it, it's intentionally designed so that if you just happen to randomly luck into a better slice, so the, the, I guess we should maybe talk a little mechanics, so Catan, which I don't find particular, I've never really enjoyed it, but maybe that's just because I mostly played with some shit libs who were really into it and I hadn't played it that much and it wasn't that enjoyable and I also kind of hated the meta politics of it, um, even at the time, is is uh, essentially you, you have a, a bunch of uh, terrain cards which are randomly shuffled to start the game and then you basically just lay them out in a spiral pattern, and it makes every every game is different because every game the island that you all have you have these different, or whatever continent or whatever it is that that these um, kind of uh, prehistorical ish civilizations are are set on. You know the terrain is always different, and um, you are essentially bound to some extent, to a large extent even by the terrain conditions of your starting. Point given your civilization and I think as I recall this it's one of the rules that essentially the, the least experienced player gets to pick where they start first right um, to, to try to compensate to some extent in, in some ways for that um, phenomenon but, the, but it, it's very much guns germs and steel the board game in that the, the, you know the Jared Diamond thesis that like um, you know the only reason why Africa is the way it is and Europe is the way it is is because um, is because you know like Africa just has you know uh, the there's uh, uh, zebras instead of horses and no one can ever um, you know you can't domesticate a zebra well, you know, like the, can, the, which is uh, false by know, the, the way that's not, like yeah <laughs> it's 100 percent false but yeah. uh, <laughs> right yeah, the African elephants are like so much different from the Asian you elephants tell me that
1: you mean to tell me that North African elephants and South African elephants are they're like like West Africa and North Africa have such different elephants right that yeah. Carthaginians could could
0: could could investigate them but Bantus... And couldn't. the Indians like, man said, the Indian. Too- I mean okay. like uh, you know the Indian princely states had had war elephants just like Hannibal but you know for some reason yeah. those But uh- I think it's just more
1: ridiculous <laughs> that it's just more ridiculous that Hannibal and like Shaka Zulu have different elephants it's just right. like <laughs> yeah it's just so much <laughs> right. more absurd. like I could see we could make that case in theory the Indian elephant is more dos- whatever but you cannot make the case that North Africa, no, I even mean, West has different Africa different right. elephants. Well, and and, I mean, and and I mean, it really speaks in also. Meeting, it, it's a meaningful way.
0: Yeah, no, hundred percent. And and um, it, it's also you know, I mean, I, you gotta kind of look at these things. I think in their um, in their political context uh, and historical context. Uh, leaving aside the fact that you know, psychometricians have known about IQ differences for. Hundred years. I mean, there was this the earliest. All the measurements have always been the same for a hundred years, and going all the way back to the earliest measurements, really in the 1920s. Um, and this issue was resolved, you know, definitively by the 60s, or at the latest in the in the 70s. But you know, it was, you we're not. We for there was it was not allowed to be um, in a widespread, and and so there was a lot of deliberate ignorance on the topic, and uh, and it was it was it, the the this whole issue was really heating up again, in a big way in the mid-90s. So, 94 is when you have the bell curve by, by Hernstein and Murray is published. Uh, Catan is 96, and Guns, Germs, and Steel is 97. Uh, and, and so you see there's a kind of like... It's a direct response, I think, to a lot of the, it's, it's. It's like no, there's no such thing as biological differences. Race is a social construct. The only reason why Africa is the way it is and Africans are the way it are is the way they are is just because you know, uh, yeah, the, the elephants are harder to tame. Zebras are, can't be tamed like horses, and you know, it's got, there's germs. There's a lot of germs. There's different, totally different germs. It's not like you know, Europe had to deal with the bubonic plague or anything. I mean, It's just retarded. But but that's um that's the kind that that was like, those, I, those also like mid '90s old hopes. Yeah. Like oh, Yeah, like Australians are
1: actively ranching kangaroos. <laughs> Guess who never ranched kangaroos? <laughs> right. Like
0: ever it's Yeah, like yeah. yeah you, oh, it's it's just but it's a particular very, it's a very very what 1990s style cope. I mean, if you think about it because like you they they don't they don't make these kind of copes anymore. You know, like you know, now now we've moved on well, to I, like I
1: I was well I don't know, I was educated well I was educated in the 2000s. And these copes were, going, were very much going strong. I think like the kind of twenty fifteen like and the rise of whatever this thing of ours is like did kill them. I think yeah, yeah, no, no absolutely. That's what I mean. Is like it, they don't make they, they which can't. Which is just like
0: yeah. They don't make these people copes just
1: anymore. point and laugh now, and they or they make right. or they make like people. Or people also think aren't intimidated by like guns, germs, and steel as like oh it's this big seminal academic work. I think with, with enough smart sm- 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 like enough ryan fox around that we can kind of throw our own smart guys back at him mm-hmm. and then once you read it yourself you like and you can you can like you i can do what they taught me to do in school which was i should doubt things i read
0: <laughs> think of
1: possible counter examples or or even just and, like
0: go ooh. through the sort of he makes a claim he has a footnote okay cool what's in the footnote what is the source in the footnote okay well like you track down you say, oh there's some article or some other book and you look in the in the actual the reference and you're like Oh, well, this is actually bullshit. It's either like, you know, just doesn't say what he says it says, or it's obviously wrong, or it's, you know, out of date, or there's, you know, there's a million things. Like this particular footnote source is, has been refuted eight times over by other stuff. Um, and, and that's the story with, with pretty much all of this. Um, yeah, so I just, as, just I think to set the kind of historical stage for where like that's the politics of, of settlers of Catan. That's the message that the mechanics and the game itself is trying to communicate. Is it's like you know, oh, see, you know, yes, there's yeah. a room for skill, and and t- typically, you know, especially over less experienced players, you know, more experienced players will do better, um, but there's always this this kind of front and center thing about like you know well it's just luck of the draw and if you happen to have your civilization you know you you ha- your tribe happens to land in the middle of the desert and this other tribe happens to land in fertile farmland like well you know there's predictable results from that um the, you know which is kind of true but leaves out this whole other like side of well how did this how did that happen you know and there's other kinds of things going on there as well but um yeah what so what sorry what else did you want to uh say about Catan? I i kind of cut you off
1: well, I could say also, you, and you can kind of see the seeds of that in Risk. Um, you know everything. It is kind of very like it's like a it's like a game about, like the imperialism in the Great Game, but it's from a very like nihilist decolonial kind of lens of it, where it's all kind of just meaningless fighting over nothing. These lands are all kind of interchangeable. They're not, there's nothing like deeper. It's it's like it, it. It kind of comes. There is like a shit live. It's much quieter and subtler in Risk, but it's there. And that's, that's why we're about Axe and Allies as being like the kind of uh, inverse, where it, it takes risk down the other. There's the other kind of thing in risk, and that that is that like world domination is fun and cool, and these systems, you know, we can we can explore. We have like these base systems in Risk, and we can explore much deeper, much more refined systems with Axe and Allies. Axe and Allies takes like takes the kind of turns right where Catan turns left.
0: It, yes, as long as, very much
1: All well this very interesting um and i you know obviously it's be it's just like a world war 2 buff game uh, you you've got to get somewhere putting too much political emphasis on it but the early editions that i and i've played the early editions there's almost no way to win as the axis you're basically posed like you could yes. take moscow and still lose oh i i i've, uh, I've played
0: several games where i took moscow and lost it's it's yes you you have to germany basically you have to get a good run of luck and you have to take moscow by like maybe turn three or absolutely latest four and then you have to fend off yeah you have to i mean basically you're fighting a two-front war from the start um which you know spring 1942 which is like almost immediately as things went to shit and they predictably tend to go to shit it's it's very hard i don't know if i'd say almost impossible but it's definitely way harder as to win as axis for sure
1: yeah and that's kind of a uh, I would. It's. It was. It's very much ahead of its time. This came. I think took place in, in the like what early '80s. The first editions came out.
0: Yeah, the that's fir- very
1: ahead of its time. Yes. Uh, most video. Most board games are very. First edition very was 1981, kind
0: of lost, and, then, and then and then. But the, the 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 edition that was Damn. the basis that for the game as we know it was 1984. Um. Which yeah, I mean again to sort of speak to the um. I don't want to put too many note, notes on notes, but. The uh, what is it? The advanced Squad Leader is another very very well known um, World War Two uh, game and and oh, yeah okay so that's 1985 so it's right around the same time it's another kind of like rather than this um, uh, global scale thing it's a s- small unit like division scale uh, sorry yeah. no uh, yeah, yeah company these, scale sorry go on
1: at these same thing with uh, ed, uh, Advanced uh, Squad Leader. These these games come out come out in the '80s, which is like the height of, well, actually, it's right before the height, but it's beginning that rumbling of the boomer World War II triumphalism, where uh, which kind of I think and which are kind of you know our friends who make movies don't didn't like it I don't think culturally because
0: movie making people part yes. of
1: the narrative of the boomers winning yeah of winning World War Two is that you have to fight a Competent and honorable opponent, and they couldn't just make up lies because all these people were still alive. So you couldn't, you, you couldn't. I mean, you and they then had that one big atrocity, but like you couldn't say the Germans in in France behaved poorly because no one you know, there's not a record of the Germans in France behaving poorly.
0: Uh, well, it's not even just that. Scale. I mean, like you know, I so I no, like, you know I don't want to. I think it's no no. I, everybody understands. I'm a little older than you are, and you know when I was growing up uh i mean friends grandparents had fought in the second world war uh more than more than friends great grandparents and you know there wasn't uh there w- I don't know how to how to say what like first of all that generation cared way more about the pacific theater than the european theater generally and like they really fucking hated the Japanese. Like, they really fucking hated the Japanese. And, I mean, there were atrocities on both sides. Obviously, I think, they, they, you know, if you talk about atrocities, you know, war, you know, quote-unquote quote, war crimes or, like, just heinous shit that soldiers did to each other under, in, you know, war conditions of war, there's a, help, there's a lot more of that in the Pacific than there ever was in Europe, at least in the Western Front. Um, and... That was the kind of like that that like that generation's experience. It's not. I mean, I think you see shades of that in uh, what was that um, Clint Eastwood movie uh, uh, El Toro or something, where you know he's like playing a boomer who like a Korean moves in next, and that was about you know the Korean War. But that was kind of just a direct continuation of the same thing, and it was very much a product of that same attitude. Whereas you know they they they, they, they didn't hate the Germans. Even the, I think the American soldiers in the in in Europe, it's not like they hated the Germans. They may you know like they they wanted to. Do what was right for their country as they understood it and the time, and there was, you know, whatever. I don't want to, we're not going to litigate that. The point is, um, that's just not this whole thing of like, oh, we got into World War II to fight Hitler. It's like, no, we got in World War II because if you, you know, Franklin Roosevelt let Pearl Harbor happen on purpose, but people didn't know that. And even people who did were like, well, they killed a bunch of our, you know, they killed thousands of our men. It was this cowardly sneak attack. And, um, and it demands a response. And then just as as the conditions of the war in the Pacific get worse and worse and and the fighting gets more and more brutal, um, and you know, like you're inches away from people trying to bait in, you know, to, you know, American soldiers facing off with Japanese trying to stab each other in the gut with bayonets across, you know, like just a couple inches of dirt. Uh, th- that's a very different situation from the situation in Europe. and And it, and it created a very different mindset in um, the people. And yeah, and as of like, you know, 1981, when the first edition of Axis and Allies, I mean, you think about it, that's, that's uh, not even, it's like 35, 36 years from, from when the armistice was signed. That's nothing, you know, someone in, someone 25 years old, uh, you know, w- w- would be 60, right? It, who was, you know, was, was a veteran you were fighting in it is Europe. Interesting thing,
1: think it's funny to, yeah. yeah, it's funny to think that, that there's no doubt that veterans of the war played this game. There's not a doubt in my mind. There wasn't some. It wasn't in some VFW halls, you know.
0: obviously. I mean, of course. Like for 100. percent Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but anyway, sorry. You were you were saying about the, um, yeah, the politics. Well, that's the thing is you you, you know, and and I think I mean, I, again, I I wasn't um, I, you know, I, I was a kid, but uh, my impression because I, I did catch some of that was like, and and this was always kind of how I um. I guess the, it, was in, it was how I picked it up, or how I got interested in it at, at that kind of intellectual level, uh, more so than let's say the aesthetic level or something like that. Was there were the, there were all kinds of interesting tactical challenges, right? And interesting strategic challenges. And and this is the kind of you know one of the most fun things about I think Axis and Allies and, and that style more so. I mean, Risk has definitely can be, can be a good time and, and 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 all that, but but it doesn't quite have the same um, historical. Uh, like, okay, it's kind of quasi-Napoleonic, but there's no real analog to like, you know, you're Napoleon and you're gonna, you're on the march to Moscow and you, you know, you can take Moscow and hold Moscow and somehow survive the winter and there, then you, that's your win condition and you, and you win. I, I know there are like additions of risk where you do have kind of like certain kinds of win conditions that aren't just take over the whole map, but first of all, nobody ever plays them. And second, they're all really dumb and basically amount to winning the map anyway, uh, Whereas like with you know, yeah, with Axis and Allies or and, and 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 that style of thing, it's it's much more like you, you you're you know, it, it plays into this fantasy very much like Paradox Games, right? Of, you know, um, you are in the comfy chair, you know? You get to make the decisions of like how many divisions to send on the Eastern Front, where to send them, and what's the mix of infantry and armor and and, and that kind of thing. It's it's a it's a it's a more kind of historically nuanced, straight jacket in certain ways for sure. I mean, you, you, you're, much more kind of on rails than risk, which is almost entirely free form. Um, but I, I, think that end, you know, it, it, it definitely adds an element almost of kind of like a certain kind of role playing at, at a certain, at a certain level. At least that's, I mean, I always kind of enjoyed that aspect of it. I don't know what your experience is like though. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And they're also fun thing. I will note that they're like, I've, there are sometimes where you can have fun when you kind of break the rules of historical, you know, ex- what's expected in risk, or not risk in X uh, and Allies. But I've also I found playing it that when you try to do like something a little too slick, you just get absolutely wrecked a lot of the time. Yes, good, well, the game. I wa- uh,
0: mean, that's the thing is the game. It's,
1: it's like... got a very aggressive. When it's very aggressive. It like, very aggressively like the starting units and starting areas and where everything is is very aggressively pushing you in the historical direction um also the I mechanics point, that, that was right, what i'm gonna say math. no go, go, go ahead go ahead I was, I, was, I was just
0: gonna say also the, me- the mechanics um like that's what i was saying before like you know it, it it's it's funny because the game allows you mechanically to do all sorts of cool shit um especially i think i I do rather like the the second edition better than the or whatever the the of x now is rather than the classic edition which has you know some some of the rules from that were developed for the europe the the europe setting um applied to the whole board and it makes for a much better experience and you get like an expanded british presence in india which wasn't originally the case and and stuff like that um so you know it, it it um it allows you to land on islands in the pacific as the as the americans like i mentioned earlier it allows germans to really aggressively contest north africa um it allows uh japan to um put you know to try to push in in into russia really aggressively none of that works it's just that you know for whatever kind of like i mean it would, it would require some kind of mathematical analysis i think to come to a comp, you know complete understanding of why all these things that kind of should be viable strategies um at least in to, in theory potentially yeah just I've, don't work i have done there yeah. was
1: yeah the only viable strategy i ever used that was like off the wall and i've got i've, I've tried like to do you go full battle of britain you get smashed one thing I did that was well, there's two I did that were kind of kind of overly cute, and because in I think it's in classic or maybe one of the later ones where the U.S. has like a much more production than everybody else, like to a kind of hilarious level. I think that's all of them. Forty-eight. <laughs> that's all 50. of them. Yeah. No. No. That's all no. No. Of them. But oh, but the, it's, okay. the, the later ones make it less okay, less of a like brutal advantage. And there was one world map where I found it was because the, the U.S. the kind of challenge in the game is not actually the uh. Actual combat element for the U.S. It's or like the strategy. It's just getting your people to the front. Is yes. kind of the big. Is this the task? Which is you know historical and all that. Even if it's not super fun, it was the one, I forget there were so many editions of Action Allies. The one where you, you could like build industrial heartlands, you could build your build factories.
0: I, I think that's all uh, of them. It's so definitely obviously the obviously earlier editions, up,
1: Yes. I, 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 yes.
0: It seems like it should work. Later ones you can I know later great. ones
1: you definitely can't. Oh
0: okay. All right.
1: Later ones, they get they're locked into place, they're which like, makes they're, more they're, sense. They're, they're well, drawn yeah. on the map, so you have to you can cap. Oh gotcha. yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I one of my two cute strategies. I I think I saved up for a turn, so I saved up a shitload of money in turns one and two, and you could build a factory in China, and just play as effective the Chinese player, but with the with the American level of money, and effect and just run through Asia, uh, because there's yeah, the front there's no the front line is now. Manchuria with the entire weight of the US military in the game which is substantial and that and that's a lot of fun um, that sounds like,
0: like it would have broken that, once. the whole then, thing but to...
1: yeah. oh it did I did uh, I ran over the Japanese in I was destroyed. you know they were no longer a factor outside of the home island, outside of the home islands it was right. and like, and like the Solomons um, and then like the thing is like once you find those exploits you have to like, just not do them again because it's not fun Right. The other exploit that you can really ruin the game with, as the Americans again is you can move all your starting aircraft um, from, yeah, the UK to Russia. Yeah, I did and that and help them defend with fighters. Yeah, that just and destroys. It's just, yeah, just nasty. Yeah,
0: well, because uh, yeah. I always now um, maybe you have some greater insight into this than I do because I you know I know a fair amount of stuff but I don't there's things that I don't know. Um, interestingly, uh, and it was sort of one of the the more um. Defining mechanics of the game is oh, yeah I guess we could even get into that so so units have different um, attack and defense values for the most part um, only it's only one or two exceptions um, and um, in particular um, one of the strongest units of the game and the strongest or tied for strongest uh, on defense is fighter planes I never quite got mechanically. Well, I should say I, I I could understand in game design terms maybe or like why a game designer would make that just that kind of a decision. I never understood why. I think so. it's Basically, like the way the way combat works for those of you who haven't played um, is you you every every unit gets a die and they get a certain value for um for for each you know there's a relative strength on attack and defense. Um, you have to roll. A certain number on the die or lower in order to hit and if you and then you get a, you count up the total number of hits and then the defender gets to pick which um, units die as a result um, so typically when you are the defender you always want your infantry which are your cheapest units to die first there are very few there are a couple situations where you don't necessarily want that most commonly would be during some kind of invasion or assault where you need some kind of infantry you have to have either an infantry or an armor unit to capture the territory, um, if they're being, you know, combined assault with uh, aircraft, then you know the aircraft are way more expensive and, and more valuable, but they can't capture territory. So if you're down to your last few units and the defender scores a hit, it can be worth it to take the hit on your aircraft and lose, you know, more money, more IPCs um, on on replacing it than not capturing the territory, which is what would happen if you if you lost your last infantry unit going in. But um, yeah, so so uh, and then so so fighters, as I recall, have a attack value of three, which means you essentially have a fifty-fifty chance of um, you. Know, if you roll a one, two, or three, then then you score a hit. If you get a four, five, or six, then then you miss. Um, but they have a defense value of four, which is a two-thirds chance of hitting. Um, and and it, it always was kind of like stuck out to me. It's like, well, why should fighters be better on defense than attack or is there a reason for that or do you have any sense of that because i never did
1: i I always assumed it was because of like you think of the battle of britain or the or the battles of of berlin in the air is that defenders have a shorter range to sortie and then return to base and rearm sure that makes sense yeah Attack and defense runs per fight. Yeah, I guess if you think about it, like it's not, it's not modeling
0: like one yeah. sortie; it's modeling like six months of sustained operations. So in that sense, sure, yeah, that makes that makes sense or whatever. Three some months of sustained operations, and, and yeah, that could, I could see that. Um, you're just not able to get that much out that many times. Um, sure, okay, interesting. Yeah, um, but yeah, so that that's that's just about game breaking, though. Yeah, if you if you move your American. Um, fighter planes to to help defend Russia because then it's like because I mean the the kind of classic and which is which is cool and historical and you know feels right is the 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 like the the big picture thing and the thing that always happens especially in the first two turns or so is you got masses of German armor storming east and masses of Soviet infantry defending um, and yeah infantry it's the it's a similar situation where so with uh, I think I forget do armor armor have it's 3-3, three, three, right? Or is it 3-2? Two? 2 on defense. I don't remember. Um, it's 3-3. Three, 3-3, three. Three, three, yeah. So armor have the same attack and defense. It's 3-3. Three, three. Yeah. Um, infantry have an attack of 1, so you got a 1 in 6 chance of hitting, but offense of 2, which is, a, which is a 1 in 3 chance of hitting. And, you know, that's huge, as you can sort of tell. I mean, you essentially double. Like you, you, in absolute terms, it may not be that much, but essentially, you, infantry are twice as good uh probability wise on defense as on attack and so you, and so they're very it's what you want to have defending your territory and it's what the soviets have because they also have the fewest amount of resources to start and so they're just building a bunch of infantry to try to absorb as many hits as they can from the german armor that are you know trying to storm uh eastward to moscow and um but if you have a bunch of american airplanes get, get, get doing uh doing defense and they don't have to take hits until every absolutely every last infantry is gone. Yeah, they're the last things to go. Exactly. They're extremely high DPS and they don't they're never gonna take a hit until absolutely every last defender is gone. And then the Americans can just build more and send them you know, it takes two turns essentially for them to show up, but so what?
1: Yeah. And the well uh, the other thing is that later just kind of fix infantry being very weak on offense. With the artillery model Artillery models, for every Yes, yes.
0: which is which is originally in the the Europe. I will every, I will say like you know I think all of these are worth playing to kind of different extents. Except maybe Catan. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of Catan. I, it could be enjoyable, but whatever. But um, if if you want like if you if you're a little bit um intimidated, maybe you haven't played this and it sounds cool, uh, and but you're a little intimidated of the idea because because yeah, I mean, full scale global access and Allies. Is like typically a multi-day affair. At a minimum, it's like you you know you're setting up in the morning. You may finish late at night. You know if, if everything goes. It's well.
1: also the weakest of. I would say. Worldwide is the weakest of the yeah. games for sure.
0: Yeah, but Europe like is really good, and the, Europe these, was the, the first issues really come out. Yes, exactly, and but but Europe is like to some. It's a smaller scale. They they clearly spent a lot of time. Like it was basically it was the, I believe it was the first of the kind of. Um, sub series that they did later was the Pacific. And then they have this other, like, uh, you know, different editions of those and the miniatures and all this stu- other stuff we mentioned. But Europe was the result of like essentially decades of people playing the game, thinking about it, thinking what would make it better. Um, and, and it's mostly pretty small refinements, but yeah, the artillery basically is, is a weak unit by itself, but it doubles the attack power of um, infantry. And it's like midway in cost between infantry and, and armor. And so it's basically like you want ideally at least, you know, one, one infantry and one artillery together uh, is is cheaper than, uh, you know, an infantry and an armor and more effective as an assaulting force. And and also battleships take two hits instead of one hit and they're really exp- you're kind of put off on buying battleships and definitely wouldn't replace them just because they're so expensive but um that rule change and a couple of other little things the the europe setting does really really well and i and I, I would highly recommend that i haven't played as much of the pacific but it's definitely also quite good the the smaller scale works really well it's still kind of um I don't know, what, what would you call it like, it's not grand strategy but it's not like small unit either it's like a medium size strategy or something i don't know what to call it um, yeah <laughs>
1: it's like brigade brigade strategy or whatever
0: yeah um yeah, but that also like, works well also to the
1: yeah the, in the Pacific one it, it works well uh the the naval mechanics are weaker obviously but both sides are kind of equally constrained by them and they're not unplayable for like it's not not like certain games just can't do naval stuff it's just possible um but the the naval mechanics when both it's con- constraining both sides are very are definitely enjoyable enough for sure
0: but anyway yeah so um. Yeah. I don't know if I have, I, what, I, I guess, uh, so uh, me, just to review then, so we have the, the, the risk kind of, we have Kriegspiel in, in the 1800s, which I, I, I thought it wasn't close, so Klausowitz had his officers doing it, but it was invented actually by, um, a, a, in, the, in 1812, by uh, another Prussian military um, commander under, the, under uh, King Wilhelm III, um, Reiswitz. And, uh, and so it was actually even early, it was already like 50 years old, if you can imagine by the time that the, the commanders in the Franco-Prussian war were, um, had been like playing it and, and, you know, owning their skills on it. Um, and I don't know much. I mean, that's an interesting question maybe to, to go down further. Oh, look at this strategos, you know, strategos that's uh, 1880. I didn't realize, oh no, it's different from stratego. Never mind. Well, that's a, diff- that's a different yeah. game, yeah. Yeah, that is a different game. Yeah. Okay, that makes way more sense. I was like, that was, yes. I didn't realize. I, I, I went down that same wiki. <laughs> I went down. Yeah. You went yeah. down the same rabbit I the same wiki, ra- wiki rabbit hole. <laughs> that would have been very yeah. cool who it was. Yeah, I was like, I, don't, I didn't realize I was from 1880. No, that's a different game. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so there's a there's a kind of like gap of uh, whatever, 70 to 100 years, depending on how you want to count, um, that it would be cool to like learn more about. But, um, yeah, Risk really, I think, you know, because you, you didn't really have. I mean, it certainly was the first to popularize the idea of, of, of war games in that way, and, and definitely on the kind of world map, world, you know, that like total global scale. Um, and, uh, yeah, then you get this kind of two different, two very different political directions that you can go with it. Um, as you were saying, you can kind of turn left into. Catan shit livery or turn right into uh, axis and allies um i wouldn't quite say basedness, but yeah. like you know it's definitely more well that was the other, that was the other, that was one i guess last thing i wanted to say is um there's really no um there's no finger wagging for the germany player it, it, it's interesting i mean they're always oh, kind of like it, it, it's 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 really like quite fascinating and it stuck out to me i remember like it wasn't at the front of my mind or anything, but I, but I definitely remember, you know, even from, from being a kid and, 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 and and playing the game and sort of like, and granted it was a little bit different political context then also, but it wasn't I mean, the Holocaust stuff was hot and heavy and, and, you know, uh, Schindler's list and all this garbage. Um, but even so it was like, no, it's just, this is a military conflict and you know, each side has military objectives. And, you know, you just, you're in a war. What do you expect? <laughs> it's just sort of like there, there's no, you know, there's no, nothing about any camps. There's not even anything. Interestingly, um, uh, and, of course, it would kind of be game-breaking, too, but there, there's no nuclear weapons. Um, it's, it's, it's a purely conventional strategic conflict, and there's, as I said, like, there's no finger wagging, no, you know, oh, the German players should feel bad. I mean, the only, the only kind of like, I wouldn't even say it's finger wagging. It's more, it's kind of like, to some extent, an accurate model of like, when you team up the greatest financial power in the world, which is the British, with the greatest manpower reserve in the world, which is the Soviet Union, with the greatest industrial economy in the world, which is the American, which is the United States, like... That's really that's really hard to to win a war against, um, and that's true, you know. And 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 it's a kind of accurate model yeah. of, of the dynamic. We're to,
1: if we're to, uh, to talk, also to talk about like, the kind of differences in these games and the outlook it engenders, um, so there both Risk doesn't really have a out. Uh, there is not really a, there is a modern like Risk forums you can go into, where they're kind of, but uh, they're not the biggest thing. Whereas the kind of communities of Axis and Allies and Catan. Really show like the kind of the difference in the politics, whereas the Axis Allies community is kind of like autistically ever refining and ever perfecting this game at themselves, trying to make like what's the make it the most realistic, but also a, a way that the Axis can possibly win, uh, type but also game. Fun. yeah. Whereas and that's like the end. The end goal is like we'll, we'll have the perfect fun, but also realistic teaching kids the war game whereas the katan community is hilarious the up its own ass they think it's chess they have international they have national international tournaments are you serious? There's the best that? Catan player in the world. It's <laughs> uh, oh like that, like... The, they just went on very oh. oh Yeah, you know, C- Catan is, like, they consider it a competitive sport. There's an <laughs> efficient body. It's really dumb um, in that respect. And that's what the community cares about. It,
0: Reddit the board um, game. Yes. Or, or whatever. Guns, germs, and steel Reddit edition or something. Yes. Oh, my God. That's hilarious and not surprising. Yeah.
1: Yet. But, like, they think they're chess It's kind of... and. and yeah acts this you there's just the humility there's a lot less hubris there's the Catan's a game of hubris I think mm. in a lot of it's 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 like the end of history and that, the end of history entails a certain amount of hubris yes uh, obviously
0: um yeah Do, I, I so I think that was all I had did you have anything else you wanted to add
1: uh not really I would say um I think, we, should give our, I think we, we kind of give them all. We kind of always give our kind of thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah. I think all of these are like thumbs up in terms of enjoyable. You're not gonna, you won't really waste your time playing any of these games. Um, I would say, I think we do. I think Risk is the most enjoyable with um, Risk. Also, is one flaw where you need three players or more to really enjoy it. One v one Risk is kind of bad. Uh, whereas X and Allies can be played 1v1 one one and it's not too much of a problem at all because it's a lot of brain power. It's, it's, you got to, yeah,
0: it'll, it'll give you a headache, but you can do it. For sure. Um, um, I will also say one v one risk is just terrible. One of the now I haven't played it, but there's a, and it's still an early Axis, but I, I see the global Axis and Allies does have a Steam edition and at the very least, it won't necessarily fix all of the um, the issues with the with the combat, you know, and the naval stuff. I don't know. I'd have to say I don't know like what they're doing with the rules and all that kind of stuff. And as far as I can tell, they they're not, they haven't done anything. And there were and there were also earlier computer. I have played one in the '90s of uh, of Axis and Allies, but this is an online that has online multiplayer, and um, and it takes away all of the you know tedious kind of setup and teardown stuff and does all the you know dice rolling for you yeah. and, and that's oh yeah that's quite a good nice. point.
1: there's there's also a, there's some excellent uh risk i think the, yes. the, the official hasbro like risk game is also mobile for mobile is excellent i've whiled away many hours um you know at work with guys <laughs> hey we because it's, it's actually free the risk hasbro app is like totally free i mean you can, you can buy like expansions and stuff and more maps but if you have like four dudes, you can download the app and play a whole game of Risk. And there's all kind of fun modifiers. There's mechanics where you can like send secret notes and stuff. Uh, it's a great app. The Risk app is great.
0: Yeah, there was oh, also yeah, that, I that, that, remember I forget the name not, of it. It was like Domination got. or uh, something. There was a there was a client that was basically it was basically Risk, but they you couldn't call it that for copyright reasons. But it was basically the exact it was it was Risk free online Risk. But it wasn't called Risk. Uh, it was called Nomination. I don't remember. Played a bunch of that. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's 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 a fun way to to while away a little time, and it's always better with friends, of course. Um, and and there is something nice about the physicality of, of board games. Um, would, you, would you give Would you give a thumbs up to Catan? I I personally wouldn't, but that might just be me.
1: Uh, it depends who you play with. If you're at like your local gaming store in like the Warhammer 40k, Warhammer fantasy, board game, magic card sense, and there's a game like Catan going. You could do a lot worse than like jumping in on it. It's That's true.
0: it's it's a, it's yeah. an
1: enjoyable game. Um, you know, and the 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 Reddit-ness of the game is not like not everyone who plays that game is reddit. You know, it's a Yeah, sure. a lot of people enjoy this kind of it's it is also there's we, we, there's like a simplicity going on that's also good and uh, kind of area control that's not combat. It's, you know, it doesn't things in very interestingly. I would say, of the games that are similar, uh, I like if you've ever heard of a game called Ticket to Ride, it's about like, yes, like setting up train lines yeah. in the kind of yes. similar way. It's like it abstracts the fun part of Catan perfectly. I agree. Where you also play Catan if you like I agree. I ride, actually, but, they're very, it's like, it's like uh, Catan
0: without all the Reddit. I, yes. I, the 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 community kind of, I, I've had a little you know I don't know they're not it's it's you get some of that but it's also just whatever no ticket to ride is is as you say area control without the twee stuff and without the you know mid nineties um, blank slate politics uh, it's 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 none none of that um, and, and on a similar uh, note I, I would also recommend um, for for those with maybe a little more adventurous there's a quite a fun um, it's only one v one uh, Cold War-themed game called Twilight Struggle. Uh, that's you know USA versus USSR, and and it's it's all it similarly abstracts the military conflict. Military stuff is actually really important, but it's all like essentially military-supported coups and gay ops in various countries, and um, you you essentially you know roll to see your military strength in the particular thing when you support this dictator's overthrowing the legitimately elected government, or vice versa, or whatever and uh uh it's quite good it's it's you know it's it's fun to i i remember one not that long ago i was playing um around of this section on the there, there's a, also a steam client uh, of that as well now it exists on in a computer form as this ticket to ride but um i was just reflect i was i was reflect, i was like man you know like say what you, say what you want about you know obviously we have our critiques of mid century um, american politics and and John F. Kennedy and all this kind of stuff, but like, I don't know, it was fun, it was weird. I was just had this weird moment of, of nostalgia or something just reflecting, you know, everything was so much less gay. It was so much, like, like you know, the Democrats then and the Republicans then both sucked and all this stuff, but there was at least some kind of vague sense of, I don't know, something. It it, it, it put me, you know, realizing, you know, the, yes, okay, we can talk about the Cold War it was an A-B test and kind of faking gay and all this stuff, but there were real stakes and there were real people and there was some kind of sense of honor or something and, 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 and that I think comes across in various ways and it's fun. the role play is Khrushchev or whatever and, and you know do the we will bury you bit and, and, and shit like that, which the game very much facilitates um, as well. So yeah, there's another kind of recommendation along those lines.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think I think that's a good place to wrap things up uh, real quick. Yes, want to shill want to shill. Antelope Hill's got a new book coming out that, you know, obviously they do all kind of great work, blah, 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 but Antelope Hill is, in my opinion, at their best when they're translating uh, mid-20th century books from Germany in the interwar period and immediately after the war that were deliberately suppressed by the Allies, and they have found and translated a Humdinger of one. It is uh, conquering Berlin. It is a wonderful uh, account of the essay in Berlin. uh it was. It's it's it's. I believe it's uh, in like kind of a historical fiction, kind of like giant ray or uh, it's kind of like the, the character. The, it's through the eyes of a character who plays kind of like a minor role. Um, but it's it's really excellent work. It was obviously suppressed. The author was obviously a true believer because he he didn't he died in the war, which has pushed it now to public domain. Uh, the and it's 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 I would say it is it's going to be equal with Leon Degrelle, Leon, the Leon Degrelle book, The Burning Souls. For the reader and in terms of a project it's arguably a more ambitious project in that it is it's kind of a full-length novel it was it's in you know it's got a lot of uh, you know German German as a language is very different era to era unlike uh, French that the Brink Souls came from it's you know so it's obviously that's a, a lot more work to do uh, that, that period of German than that period of French and I, I really think I think it's gonna be the book of like I. It 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 kind of lights you on fire in the same way that uh, The Burning Souls did. It's hard to express that, but it, it's 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 really enjoyable. And I, you should all go out and get it as soon as possible or pre-order. Sounds great. Or Is whatever. it already available or uh, hopefully or hope? No, it's coming soon. Okay. I had a little sneak peek, <laughs> and I I can't it's I can't speak any more highly of it. You know.
0: Cool. Well. Definitely something to look forward to. Also, uh, on that same note, uh, there's a new release. Uh, our very own uh, Doomer Marty has his um, his first fiction book published through Antelope Hill, Let Them Look West. Uh, you know, We had Marty on the show discussing The Sims. If you're a fan of uh, Marty Plays The Sims, which you absolutely should be, um, definitely support Marty. Support Antelope Hill. It's a good book. Read it. Buy a book. You don't have to read it. Actually, just buy it. If you don't feel like reading it, that's fine. Buy it anyway. Have it in your library. Someone will read it and it'll be good. But you should also read it. Um, we should be reading books and and, and these are all, you know, I, I don't think I, I I don't think there's a single I, I have I you know, speaking for myself, pretty much I think everything that at least one copy of everything that um Antelope Hill has put out and, and there has yet to be any um any misses. They just don't miss. So that's good. Um yeah. Alright, so that's enough shilling, I think, uh, for today. Hope you all have enjoyed, and uh, until next time, take care, everybody.
1: So dumb, are dumb, Girls are so dumb. Girls are dumb.